This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is going on, everybody? Welcome on into the OBR Game Day Rewind. The 4-2 and two Cleveland Browns get a victory today in the weirdest way in the way that nobody anticipated. If you took the over in this game, you are doing cartwheels today uh, because nobody <laughs> expected the game to play out the way that it did. The Cleveland Browns are 4-2 and two with a 39-38 to 38 win over the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Uh, and, and when all was said and done, Kevin Stefanski, P.J. Walker, and most specifically Miles Garrett go out there and get a win for the Orange and Brown. I'm Michael Keefe. Joining me for the OBR Game Day Rewind, Jake Burns, Brad Ward, fellas. It was weird. It's a weird, it was weird. It was unexpected. Some things had to happen for the Browns to get a win the way they did today. But ultimately, our Cleveland Browns are four and two. How are we feeling about it? Okay. It was a good hey, listen. <laughs> Listen, we uh, we usually lose those games. Like many years in the past, we have lost those games. Same as last week. So, like, you got to feel good about uh, their ability to pull out uh, these wins that we have seen be losses for so many years, Michael. Uh, for so many years, um, I you know I wanted to uh, first and foremost say that I like your haircut, Jake. It looks sharp. You look Thank great. You. Okay. Uh, many white, in white does it for a living, so should should yeah. be good. Oh, really? Yeah. That's nice. Yep. Thank That's God, I didn't say what I thought about it before. Yeah, <laughs> she, so, she wouldn't care. Uh, she wouldn't care. <laughs> uh, but we, I mean, listen, this win is great. Uh, wild calls at the end. You know, this team is gutsy, right? They've got some moxie to them. They're finding ways to pull out some of these wins, which is great. And I love that they're four and two, but they have so many questions to answer about how they're going to sustain the success moving forward. And I think that's what most of the questions are about here, Mike. And we're going to talk about that. And the theme, the theme as we get into this is just going to be the good, the bad and the ugly, because there was some good, there was some bad and man, was there some ugly in this game. And we want to address all that uh, as we, as we look at this game and we look ahead to what things could mean uh, for this season moving forward. But Jake, I'll just throw the same thing back at you, man. Just uh, I think a lot of people are feeling a lot of different ways. I've seen some defiance when it comes to Browns fans. I've seen some people feeling kind of not, not as good as they normally. Well, here's what I mean. I think a lot of people are saying that was a really shitty call at the end of the game. And it was, there's no doubt. About I don't that. care. I'm not going to say, I don't care but, about the call, but I think, I think some people are like, uh, and I, now I got, I see other Browns fans that are like, I don't care. I do not care at all. Uh, a win is a win. We've we've lost on plenty of bad calls, so we'll take a win on a bad call. Uh, doesn't matter, but I don't know. I want to go over to Jake, just see how you are feeling after this uh, Browns thrilling victory today. <clears throat> yeah, I think over the years, I've I try my best on this. Not that, <clears throat> excuse me, not that anyone's perfect with it, but you know, you try not to to feel bad after wins, no matter how like frustrating moments of the game 
you know, that you watched, um, you know, were that there's still like wins are so hard to come by in this league that I think getting, you know, to the point that you ruin your evening uh, after a win because you're, you're upset about certain elements of a game. I, I can fall into that trap too. So uh, I've tried my best to, to feel good about it. So I feel good. They're four and two, right? They're, they're in a good spot. Now, I, <clears throat> I think there are two things Browns fans want to feel good about, one of which is their, their quarterback getting right, and then the second is the defense being dominant, which we can agree two of those things didn't happen today. So I can see why people feel uneasy, uncertain about where they're going. Three and three, two and four uncertain, a lot worse than four and two uncertain. So there is a silver lining to some of the uncertainty that you feel. So, you know, it's the time of year, uh, in my opinion, where uh, OCs get a lot of film Five, six, I still don't know why this is doing it. I'm gonna get random thumbs up on my on my monitor there. So, um, <laughs> I I think there this is the time of year where OCs and, and and play callers get a lot of film, five six games worth of film on a defense. They know what they like to do. They know how they react. It was going to happen to them at some point that they would get schemed up a little bit. And today they did. And I thought they blew some plays. They had a couple coverage busts that shouldn't happen. So. Again, this is not to, not to sit here and excuse the performance it's, it's to say it's bound to happen, but it, there is going to be some times, and I think Steichen's really good. I think Indy's got a really good coach there, good play caller, that that was going to happen. So I'm not um, <clears throat> surprised, overwhelmed by it, but I do think that the defense helped contribute to the points in the end, right? Making a couple big plays. As we know, uh, the special teams play largely driven by Miles Garrett. That helped. And then and on the quarterback front, you know, there's a lot to dig into there. There's a lot of stuff I feel like we've been talking about that we have to now re-talk about. Um, and I think that there are a lot of conversations to have in the coming weeks about it. But let's, like, try to hyper-focus on what happened in this game. You know, I've been saying the biggest thing for me with getting Deshaun Watson back is he needs reps. Like, he needs to play. He needs to not have time away from the game that he was out of the game for a long time anyway. And to have him miss more time, I was eager to see what he looked like <clears throat> not not encouraging. I mean, not encouraging. So if the shoulder's still a problem, you know, the second one, the first interception's on a corner route that is open if you put it up the field on the sideline, underthrown, right? There's a check down he threw behind his guy. There was a screen that was short, like the screen was blown up. That's not a big deal. Um, but like to me with Watson, the biggest thing is if this guy has a lingering shoulder issue, issue he doesn't play the position in a way that is conducive to guys protecting their body for example the throw he rolls out and gets out to the left that he gets hurt on he's he's turning his hips going back to, to to the right toward the middle at the last second to throw a ball that that ultimately should have been intercepted but he gets hit on it he just run out of bounds he has no clue how to play the game in a non-reckless manner and in, in, to his body like when he's on time and when he's when he's mentally better sharper quicker he can protect himself by throwing it. I, I He can do that. He's done it in film. But he's never played in a way which really protects his body. So if he's going to play, you have to feel really good about him playing. And if he plays and only gives you five throws because you're like, Ooh, you know, we don't want to get him hurt anymore, then why is he playing? So I'll dig into that at some point in the either tonight or tomorrow or something. But I just have some questions about how that all goes. And from that, you know, like – there's just it doesn't add up just just the whole thing doesn't add up to me and 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 that element is lingering over the offense but you know on the other hand they ran the ball well pj walker was better in this one than he was in the last one so the you know the offense did just enough they did just enough but again guys win games ugly and winning games ugly better than losing games pretty is is my philosophy hey, real quick I shout out to Kevo. 
Shout out to Kevo680 for the five gifted subs. You guys are awesome. You do this every time we jump on. There's yeah, gifted subs. Thank you. On Twitch, everybody. you guys are awesome. If you're watching on YouTube, just make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the like uh, on YouTube. We appreciate you guys for all the support. Uh, Brad, you were going to respond to what uh, Jake just, said. Though. Just a couple quick thoughts. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds with it, too, but with the Watson thing, we talked about it last night, Jake. I said I had a bad feeling. It felt like they rushed him uh, into this. I didn't think they gave him enough time be, to be prepared. He did not look ready. I thought it was a good call by Kevin to keep him out. I know he needs reps, but if he's out there, like if they wanted a chance to win this game, I think he made a good call in keeping him out, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, because secondly, he'd thrown two interceptions when it was terrible. Right, if he was right. fine, like say he had thrown a couple nice throws of those first five and he completed them and he got hit like that, would they be taking him out? I don't no, think they would have. I don't he was think so. Looking awful, and it's like, so how that's... can you not test that and figure out that he can't throw it or he can't? Like, I just, I, I'll shut up. I'm sorry. I just think it's wild to like, if you play him, then play him. If he can't play, yeah. then you should have known he can't play. Which is, which is why I wonder if, like, you know, there's more forces than I don't want to go down this wormhole, but there's more forces than just Kevin Stefanski probably affecting the push or influence to get Watson on the field. Probably I would like probably ownership, probably front office has a say and trying to get him on the field sooner than maybe say the coaching staff particularly does. That's just my thought on that. So either way, I, we don't know, but that's my thought on that. Either way, here's what I think. He was asked on Wednesday, I'll be quick about this. Will he be effective, you know, this year? Uh, will he be 100%? He said, I don't know. He was asked after the game today, what would, if he would be better? He said, I don't know. I got to get, you know, imaging done and go through the protocols. He doesn't seem like he even knows if he can get back to 100%. What I am asking of this front office, period, is a honest, objective accounting of what you know about your quarterback and then act on it. Like, you can't, biding time and hoping that he is the answer, I don't think is good enough with this talented football team. I just don't think it is. Like, waiting and hoping that Watson is good enough to figure this out, I don't think is good enough. So if you don't, if you think this is what it's going to be the rest of the year, objectively and honestly, look in the mirror, be truthful with who you have in the building, then maybe you have to make a move for a quarterback to add somebody to the room at the deadline. But there, that's not fair to this defense and the rest of the players on this team to, to play this game, right, where we just hope that Watson is good enough. Yeah, and, well, like, and go ahead, Mike, and then I'll. I, I, I was going to say, I, I, you know, the 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 hard part is, and I don't know where the the shortcomings are because I know people want answers. And Brad, you're not. I don't disagree with you. Like everybody wants answers. I think the hard part here, and I don't know whether the shortcoming is coming from the medical staff, the training staff, who is is not giving the proper answers. But man, I like I I've, I I got to tell you, I feel for like Kevin Stefanski every time I got to watch him talk about it because he doesn't know. And I do. I think there are people in this building that have no idea. And, and frankly, I don't think I don't think I don't think Watson, Watson knows. knows. I don't that, think Watson knows. But that's the thing. Like the, we all want answers. But I think there may be a bit of this where there isn't an answer, where there isn't. A, if, if Deshaun Watson goes out there and he says his arm is feeling better. And the, again, they can't look and see structural damage in there because that's not the type of injury this is. They can't look and diagnose and say this is going to take this long. This is going to take this long. Then, right. 
you, what do you know? How can you, how can you come out here and say, this is how long it's going to be, or this is what it's going to look like. You hope that he wakes up one day and he says his shoulder feels better. And we don't know that that didn't happen today. And no, then all wait, of a sudden he takes that one. Hit that's today. fine. If that's fine, then let him play. If you think he's healthy enough to play, I agree with that. He got hit. He went to the tent. He said the shoulder's fine. There's no concussion. Let him play. If yeah. you don't think he's good enough to keep playing, then then pull him. Like Watson after the game said, "I felt good enough to go." The medical staff and Stefanski held me out. So yeah, okay. but Jake, he had two days to throw. I, I Brother, mean, can I get we it, give him a week needs, to prepare? He needs reps. He needs reps. So okay, if that's the case, then reps don't play versus him. a win. Reps okay. versus today, a win. Today did more damage than anything else. Like today was awful to his psyche. He threw two horrible picks. He couldn't complete a throw. So my thing In is like one pick. Like, he threw two picks. He threw two. Okay. <laughs> I so think like, you have to try to win the game in front of you, though. <laughs> The Deshaun Watson matters more than this game. Like getting Deshaun Watson right is the biggest picture of this entire Browns franchise. 100%. I don't care about week seven or week 11. Him being really good is the only way they ever matter. Like the only way right. they ever ultimately go anywhere that matters. So I don't care if he didn't play today. I really don't. I was fine with that. We talked about it, Brad. If he doesn't play, I do not care. Get him right. When you play him, though, it's because people that will tell you that these rotator cuff injuries, they will tell you when you know, you just know. He knew enough to feel like he could play. They watched him Thursday, Friday, felt like he could play. Then play the SOB and let him figure it out because to tell you where he's not going to figure it out is on the sideline. Like, he's never going to figure it out. So just play him and figure it out as you go. I don't care. They won this game. That's great. Rah, rah, it's great. But what I'm getting at here is like they need to get this dude right. And if he's not going to like today to have him go out there and play five, six, uh, sorry, five throws and, and, and clearly have no confidence after the game. And like it, it, today was a bigger detriment than anything else. Then then what are we doing? Just don't play it. Like, that's my point. Then he if, shouldn't if you're have played. Him, yeah. If you're going to call yeah. him healthy enough to play, then stick with your franchise. As Kevin said, your franchise quarterback through the football game that he says he's healthy enough to play. I I, I, I don't know what else you can do because he's That's, not getting reps. And if he's not getting the reps, he says he's healthy enough to take. Then, then, then he's never going to get better. He's missing too much time. He's mentally slow. It's an I'm awful just saying, experience. I'm just saying two days of him throwing might not be enough time to get him in rhythm and fully prepared to play a live game. Maybe we could get him better prepared with a whole week. And maybe he doesn't look yeah. as bad. That's just my. But I think we're talking. And, I think you guys are talking time, about two different things. Sure, he I, heals I, I, differently. I would have preferred to like have had him for a full week too. I know, but like, yeah. would you hear these people say is that with rotator cuffs and even Watson himself on Wednesday was like, you just when it happens, it happens. So he thought he was good enough to go. He he practiced. I'm sure he mentally went through Wednesday. He practiced Thursday, Friday. They felt good enough for him to play. Whether I agree with that is irrelevant. I, I is irrelevant to me. They played him. They thought he was good enough yeah. to play. And when he was medically okay to continue playing, you took him out because he's not good enough. Don't tell me. And don't tell me you took him out because I'm going to protect him. He's not good enough for you right now is what you're saying. I'm sorry. So, like, if that's the case and you still want to roll with Watson, yada, yada, then you have to understand he's going to need to work through the feeling his shoulder is giving him. Whatever the feeling that shoulder is giving him, whether he's a little nervous, a little tense, he has to work through live bullet game reps of how to throw the football, how to play the game in a different way. There is no practice that can fix this. There's none. 
you don't get the same thing when you're wearing the red jersey when no one can hit you than you do when you got five monsters coming after you on a drop back. You have to get used to how the shoulder feels. You have to have live game reps to do it. If you're healthy enough to do it, then do it. Stop taking them out. Even if they would have lost this game by four touchdowns, they have to get this guy right. They do. If he is not right, think, this season's going nowhere. Just I, think you guys, I, I just I, I, think I don't that think more your points time, are counterpoints. More time. I don't think your points are counterpoints. Help. I, that's, I think you guys are both saying kind of the same thing. I don't think either one of your point is a counterpoint to another. I think Brad, I'm not. You're saying, I'm not disagreeing Brad, with Jake. I'm just saying that I, I think, think more time. I, I, I don't think I that know. necessarily it's like it's a it's I don't think it's a perfect science that boom, all of a sudden he's better. I think right. that. And so you're saying you would have preferred a little more time. I think in game what Jake is saying is once you made the decision, once I, you and start I him, you let him play. I, once I you make it. the decision to start him, because who's to say that he doesn't start to warm up, start to feel a little bit better, better and, and all of a sudden in the second quarter, he's slinging the ball around a little bit. Right. But it doesn't help I, him I at all that. to say, hey, five plays later, uh, you know what, you're you're off, and we're going to just roll with P.J. Walker. Uh, and again, and I, I'm seeing it a lot in the comments, I said the theme for this was going to be good, bad, and ugly, and this is the ugly of this game. And no, we're not going to just sit here and talk about everything that went right for the Browns. We're going to get to that because there's plenty of good that happened in this game. Uh, but if you think we're just going to sit here and rah-rah this game, this is a, a Colts team starting Gardner Minshew. You've got your defense. You've got uh, all these questions surrounding the, the quarterback. And again, none of them got answered today. That's the issue is, is there's these questions that were looming going into this game are still unanswered. And, and, and nothing that happened in this game answered those questions. So if you think we're just going to sit and rah-rah the game, it's awesome that we won. Nobody's mad that we won. But – yeah, you're you're seeing in the comments, and Jake, I agree with you, and I agree with you, Brad. If if you thought he needed more time before the game, you shouldn't have thrown him out there. If you weren't 100 confident that he was going to be able to sustain hits and make plays in this game, you shouldn't have thrown him out there to begin with. But once you made the decision to do it, you should have just left him in the game. Like it, I don't, it, it didn't make. I know it wound up with a win, but it, it does not make a lot of sense as far as anybody having any idea what's going to happen for next week, or the week after that, or the week after that. So I'm just tired of the Watson discussion because everybody's so sensitive about it. And where does it go? And like, like, uh, you know, there's all these different theories on it's like it's nausea. It's like the Mayfield stuff all over again, where you can't you can't excuse, you know, he has a built in excuse for every miss, you know, and, and, and somebody's mishandling it, whether him or the medical team or the co it's just it's obnoxious. You'd rather just IR him and then there's no like he's good. That that's the thing to me, like. When you brought him back today, you brought him back. He was good. He was healthy. He was ready to go. So just all I'm asking you to do is play him. You're pulling him to protect him. I don't I don't really get where they're going with that. I just I don't really understand it. And if that's the I, case, then you felt like PJ Walker was a better quarterback to win you this game. So that's I think the they made issue. him. I think maybe they made is it possible they made a mistake in starting him today? Like, and they realized it? Like, maybe, they, yeah, I guess they admitted it. I guess they admitted the mistake. Sure. Right? That's my point is that your mistake now cost Deshaun, like, the confidence of this dude has to be like basement. Like, he can't, he has nothing positive going for him in this stuff. Like, again, like, that's the thing, though. You, you brought him back. You better be sure. When you brought him back, you better be sure. And, that today was an awful, awful step in the wrong direction for him. I mean, as all like he looked like he, he was a practice terrible. squad player. Like he looked like he was a practice squad guy.
So well, he, yeah. and he sounds terrible. He sounded terrible on Wednesday. No confidence. He said it's up in the air. I have no idea if I'll be 100 percent the rest of the year. And then after the game today, he sounded terrible too. And I and I understand that's your point about his confidence. I just felt this whole process was rushed at the end of the week, and then when we saw him out there, it was like, oh God, he is not ready to play. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe he needs more. Maybe he just needs to go out there and figure it out. Like you're saying, Yeah, like so. if your shoulder, I guess what I'm generally getting at is if your shoulder is not the way it used to be, whatever, right? If it's not like, <laughs> I'm trying to be very uh, careful with this. Okay. Say that corner throw that he threw the first interception on, he thought yeah. he threw it with enough power to drive it to the sideline to complete it. And he didn't. You only way you figure that out is if you go out and do it. Like practice reps, again, I'm telling you, are just different. You can you can have them pass some like velocity tests and things like that. But when things are different, when you're in a game, you have to go out and do it. So like I think he thinks it's still 2020 Deshaun Watson. Like I think he thinks the game should be as easy as it used to be for him three years ago. The only way Deshaun gets better in present day is playing a ton. And this is why this injury sucks. This is why the situation yeah. around the recovery sucks because he doesn't know when he's going to be healthy, the timeline by which he's going to be healthy. A bunch of questionable things surrounding like when he can get back out there. So again, we probably spent more time on Watson than we need to. There are a lot of fun players to talk about, but this, Heck is, the, yeah. this is the talk. And you might wonder, why do you guys, you know, again, these people who are saying I'm, I'm dramatic and stuff like I get it. You guys love to come into a, a show on a post game and say someone else is dramatic. Like <laughs> this is an emotionally driven post game show. So sorry, you might've picked the wrong one, but yeah. And we like, took, we have, we wait for hours and we're still emotional. It's about like, it. <laughs> this is the single most yeah. important thing about your Browns winning a Super Bowl. Yes. You can, you can fiddle around and get to 10 wins, right? You can fiddle around and get to, 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 to the playoffs as a wild card. Hey, if they're going to win a Super Bowl, the defense yes. has to be the unit that we think it is, and they have, have played for the most part. And then Deshaun has to be at least a top 10 quarterback. That's the only way you beat the Chiefs. That's the only way you go anywhere that we all actually care about going. Yeah, winning over the Colts week six, it's great. I love it. Who doesn't love winning? But to go the places that we actually care about going, that guy getting right is uh, is the single most important thing. So, yeah, we're going to drive discussion around figuring out what's going on with it. Yeah, and the problem again, the reason the discussion continues on and the reason we just keep going and going and going and we are going to I'm going to step us off of Deshaun Watson for a minute. But uh, uh, the reason are. it continues is because of how important he is and because that we don't have clear answers right now. There aren't clear answers right now. You know, it. no matter how you want to talk about how Deshaun has performed in his time with the Cleveland Browns. You can talk about, oh, well, he, you know, he was just came in last year knocking the rust off, and there were a lot of factors working against him last year. Then you saw him at the beginning of this year and you started to see a little progression, and now you got this injury. So the hardest thing is to to add on to what Jake was saying, he is the key to this whole entire thing. And we still we're 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 like a year in of actually watching him play football almost, and there aren't clear answers. And that's that's hard. That's why we keep talking about it. Go ahead, yeah. Brad. It looked like you had one last thing to say about Sean. No, I just, we, we all want to figure it out. Um, I We all know that he is he is absolutely the 100% key. You're not going to achieve anything special 
in the postseason until he returns to a form acceptable or or valid of that, right? Uh, to the level of that, how we get there uh, is is the question, right? So, um, yeah, you know, I was vocal. I didn't think he should start today. You know, they did start him. Maybe they should have left him in. Either way, uh, it probably did mess with his psyche a little. I'm glad they got the win. I just I'm hoping the further that he gets away from the injury, maybe he starts to feel better. Like because I'd even just watching him throw on in the videos, say Wednesday, right or Thursday when he threw the first time, was like, man, he doesn't look right. So yeah. why they chose to start him then if he doesn't look right? Like, and I can just imagine. I'm not saying I don't know any knowledge to this, Jake, but I can imagine that probably they're feeling some pressure from the ownership to, to start him. Right. Like, you know, how about AVP? Like the week before was the guy saying that he doesn't even need to practice. If he's ready to go on Sunday, we'll throw him out there. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, what are we talking about not, here? He's uh, not, he's not at the level people remember. I'm sorry, guys. The Titans game was a good step in the right direction. I agree. He's I'm not good enough right now to be toss him out there and play. You're right, Brad. I, I don't, I don't think so. He needs, he needs reps, but yeah, we hit enough on, on Watson. Yeah, yeah. Um, he needs reps and uh, hopefully they figured out uh, miles. So Garrett's that's the day. So let's sit on the, that. Right. I was going to say the ugly, the ugly of the game is what we just hit on to start this, but let's go to the good and, and the good specifically. And there's a couple big time standout performances, but you cannot talk about this game. You cannot talk about the good. Like you just said, Jake, without talking about miles Garrett, miles Garrett, a couple strip sacks, one of the most outrageous blocked field goals you have ever seen in your entire life. Uh, 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 what else? A batted ball, a couple nice tackles for loss on runs. Uh, good to see him getting involved in the run game. I mean, just Miles Garrett was, uh, if, if he manages to pull off a defensive player of the year award uh, this year, and he looks like he's well on his way to working his way towards that, uh, you, we're all going to look back at this game because I don't know how much better a guy can play in a game than what Miles Garrett. I don't know how much more disruptive a guy can be in a game than Miles Garrett was in this one. Brad, just in a half, Miles Garrett, in a half. Yeah. I mean, most of all of that came in the first half, right? I mean, he was incredible. He said in the post game show that he does that every Friday. Hops over the. Uh, did you hear him say that? Uh, every Friday in uh, practice, he hops over the uh, defensive line on the field goal kick, and uh, Bubba told him to go ahead and give it a shot against because the Colts did something that allowed him to do it. It worked perfectly. Uh, you know, he creates uh, seven points um, uh, on the. How about the defense? You know, <clears throat> four takeaways today. They finally win the turnover battle. Uh, Miles had a huge part of that. Uh, listen, he was impressive all day. He was not only good in the pass rush, but he was good in the run game. Uh, and they got ran against today. Um, you know, he is incredible. Uh, this is a a big uh, game that he can put on his resume towards Defensive Player of the Year, which I really hope that he gets this year and will be campaigning him for, right? I think he deserves it. Uh, but this is a big half of football that they can put of highlights up for him, and that's fantastic, and to help the Browns win. You know, the the defense, I will say real quickly, um, it was – I love the takeaways, and they provided some points. They did get gashed a bit here and there by Minshew, uh, but I think, I think Jake made a good point earlier that 
I mean, these kind of things happen in the NFL. This is the NFL. You're playing against guys that have tape of you. And every, you know, couple weeks or so, teams do get in shootouts like this, right? High-scoring games where, you know, the other team executes and makes some plays. So, uh, listen, Miles is special. Uh, I thought uh, other names real quick to mention that uh, I think is is definitely worth mentioning is uh, – What's his name uh, on the defensive line? <laughs> our, our guy, uh, our our incumbent, oh, uh, Elliot. Oh. Elliot. Oh, Jordan Elliot. Hell yeah, Jordan Elliot with a hell of a game. Uh, yeah, so how about game. that, Jordan? Yeah, Schwartz gets uh, some production from Elliot. You gotta love it, Mister Elliot. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. No, Miles was great. Um, I, I, I mean, it's nice to see some of his, you know, I, I originally thought that that fumble in the end zone, I thought a Colts player had recovered that at first, and I was really going to be bummed, even though, you know, you get a safety in the ball back, but I was going to be bummed there for a moment. But it's nice to see the fumble luck shift in his direction, shift in the Browns' general direction, right? Yes. So um, they, they have needed some of that to work in the positive. And these are the types of plays where it feels like, you know, you can't control these all the time. But, um, you know, when your sacks, the fumbles that you're causing or whatever, um, sometimes mean more than others. Right. And I think that to see miles create two specific moments in this game that led to led to points, like he drove 10 points on the board in this game on his own, because where they recovered that field goal led to three points, right. Couldn't have, you know, they, they could have just kicked from the spot that he recovered it. And then obviously his strip sack right before half. And that's, that's huge, right? Because you go in to half you know you get that opportunity it was what, what was the score at that point guys it was like what was it 20 to something I, I can't think off the top of my head but um I, I can pull it up here but but yeah, I, I know that that specific happens. moment um gave the Browns 10 points before half when they were down yes. the Minshew run made it 21 mm-hmm. 17 so then they go into 24 21 with a buck 42 left and then they get that last minute they get you know they obviously stop Indy get the ball back and drive a 54-yard field goal in it as time expires. So it goes from a 21-17 potential deficit at half to a 27-21 lead. And as we all know, this is the uh, this is the moment that you, know, you needed every point, right? You went 39-38. Yeah. You needed every single point. So game-changing plays from a special player. And you know what you like is uh, those those moments that. And I feel like TJ Watt gets a lot of these because. Uh, it, it just feels like, you know, and again, TJ is very talented, but fortune sometimes ends up landing in his lap uh, with some of these things. And to see some of those things with miles bounce in the right direction, 
uh, it was pretty pretty great to see. And obviously, he he drove a huge part of this because I wouldn't say collectively the defense played very well, but I would say the plays Miles made, giving credit to those points being created by the defense. You know, I think generally makes you feel like they played a little better than what they did. So I again, I don't think they the Ward had a moment or two there, but they didn't tackle well and. Uh, I think that, that Steichen found some answers to some of the things they've been doing that put him in a, a bit of a tizzy there. So uh, Miles created, and, and again, this is why you pay some of these guys a lot of money. They're they're true game changers, and he made game changing plays. Guys, I want to two talk questions. about uh, two questions. Oh, go ahead, Brad. Go ahead. Two questions uh, for either of you. Uh, do we know what why uh, where the all the play from Fields came from? Was JOK dinged or something? What, what was that all about? Question. I have not heard anything about it. I, I don't see anything and, about it. I hate that, that we don't get the transcripts on those away interviews, so I don't know. I don't have a great answer for that one, Brad. I listened to most of them. Nobody said anything even asked about uh, that because he was in for most of the game. I thought he might be hurt, and then I saw him on special teams. So weird there that Fields is in for JOK for a lot of the game, it felt like. Uh, also, uh, I wanted to ask if was Ward – do we know if Ward was a concussion or not? I mean, I know that, that was not know. a concussion. Yeah. Yeah, All right, did. thank God. Yep. Yeah. So right good on. news there. I, I do want to go back to Miles Garrett for a minute uh, because a topic of conversation with Miles Garrett always stems around the fact he's got such a good get off, and that's what makes him part of what makes him special. Besides just being a freak athlete, but he's so quick getting off the ball that it just it just comes with some offside penalties. And one of the bad things that happened in today's games because it resulted in two really big plays, one touchdown and a big pass play down the sideline, was. Miles Garrett jumping off sides, and then it just kind of throws the defense off a little bit. You see the flags come out. Uh, on the one play, it looked like half the defense kind of just stood up. And on the other play, they still just got caught. Uh, receiver made a nice play down the field. But, uh, guys. There's no excuse for that, though. Well, yeah, those there, are an you know, annoying like, part of that. that. That's happening too much. I feel like I want to just real quick touch on this because it's a good point. So, Zadarius jumped offside the first play of the San Francisco game. He quit on the play and caused yeah. a double up and a gap that ended up popping that run for 27 yards. The only meaningful yes. run McCaffrey had. And then we have two of those instances today. If you jump offside, just go. Like, just That's what I'm saying. To the quarterback, so they have to blow it dead instead of letting yes. these teams throw these jump balls and getting you into situations. Or sometimes, like, you know, your defenders will also see you jump and think that it's going to get blown dead, and it causes, like, a, a brief moment of, of feeling, like, casual. You stop playing. So... Yeah, if you're going to jump, which again, I watched TJ Walkett called for a huge third down today. I'm just watching the Pittsburgh game, so it's on the top of my head. I watched, you know, the Steelers have some some issues. This is not isolated to the Browns. You're frustrated. I'm frustrated. Stop jumping offside. But like this happens everywhere. I thought the Colts actually well, did a really good job today with snap count manipulation. They had the yeah. Browns. They were really working the Browns like coverage. If you watch this, they call this they call it um unfolding the defense. So usually it's a color number combination, red, 12. It could be anything, white 80, white 80. You usually have what's called a live color. So, hey, on this snap count series out here, we're live on green. If you hear any color number combination, it's dead. We're not running the play. So your quarterback will get really into it and say, like, if it's green on this series, he'll say red 80, red 80, said, hut, hut, whatever. And the defense will react and they'll move. The safeties will tilt. That right. rush guy, the, the blitzer will cheat in a little bit. So the, they did a great job getting the Browns. I was yes. many times I was watching Minshew do a good job of getting them to unfold uh, really, really well. So I think that impacted it. Minshew did a great job. And then um, that's something the Browns got to get better at is knowing kind of how teams cadence up their stuff. And this is obviously an, an element of being on the road. 
different than being mm-hmm. at home. When you're yeah. on the road, you can't do those things because it's all crowd noise and you're silent counting and all of that stuff. So you're home. That's a home away thing. So just got to get a little better at that and getting getting accustomed. The Browns played a lot of home games early in the year here. So they just got to, as they go out to Seattle, you got to get a little better at this. I think I don't think it's a bad idea. I like I don't know how hard it would be to coach it, and I don't know if I'm over oversimplifying. I think it maybe is a little different for the the inside guys that are in the three tech or whatever. Like that, if you jump a little bit, try to get back. If you flinch a little bit, try to get back. We're talking about Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett and Okoronkwo. What they do is so dependent on getting a quick jump off the snap and getting into that backfield as quick as possible. Jake, you said it there. I tweeted it earlier. If, if you're coaching Miles Garrett, if you're Jim Schwartz and you're coaching Miles Garrett, you jump offside, just go. Because nothing can go, nothing good is going to happen from a free play. You knock it away, they're still going to get five yards. You intercept yeah. it, they're still going to get five yeah. yards. Nothing good is going to happen from a free play. And you saw today, you know, we talk about the Browns getting lucky in a couple of plays. Well, two of the Colts' biggest plays, and I don't, I'm not saying it's lucky, but two of the Colts' biggest plays that happened were on free plays where – it's it, the jump offside and the flag seem to really kind of pause the uh, the defense for the Browns. So I, you know, again, I don't know if that's oversimplifying. I don't know if you, I don't know if anybody's telling their guys to do that. But I feel like the way Miles My, gets caught two offsides a game, and it's always going to be like that forever. Uh, so just tell him to go yeah. get after. The he tries to jump back. He could just reach out and touch somebody, and they'll blow the whistle, right? Yeah, and, yeah just hit uh, the tackle on your way by. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. Like if you've jumped, it sucks. I don't want you to do that, but. You know, you're trading the good of miles versus a little bit of an annoyance of miles. Like, it's fine. Just don't let them get free plays. I think that has to be a preaching yes. point because that you're nothing good comes of it, Mike. It's a great point. You can make the greatest football defensive play ever seen in the history of the world, and it'll still be five yards for the defense. So That's just it. hit somebody yeah. and blow the play up and call dead. So yeah. There you go. Worst case scenario in that department today. Uh, and you don't usually see it go that wrong or that south, but that's what happened today. Hey, let's keep on with the good. Uh, and again, I'm calling out individual plays, and you cannot call out individual plays without a guy that set an NFL record today, Dustin Hopkins. Yeah. Oh my. A, a, a lot of pe- a lot of people are talking about trades. A lot of people are talking about trades. Talking about Deshaun Watson. Talking about wondering if that's the best trade in the world. Whatever. How about the move that they made to bring in Dustin Hopkins before this season? The, uh, what like what an absolute game changer he has been for the Cleveland Browns, and he hits from everywhere. I mean, I don't think yeah. anybody knew he had the leg. He's out there just cranking 58-yard field goals down the pipe like it's nothing. Uh, what yeah. a big move for them to bring in Dustin Hopkins. Yeah, the whole thing with him was like 49 and any was pretty good, but 50-plus was more of like a coin flip <laughs> for him. Yeah. But today was great. I mean, it was honestly, this was the, the Colts equivalent of what they did to the Ravens where Matt Gay, I think, kicked like three 50-yard field goals that ultimately ended up yeah. defeating the Ravens. So, yeah, it's on the other side of a great trade again yeah man 58 yards looked like he had a couple yards to spare he didn't mind kicking in that dome tell you that much so uh even though the, the roof was open as we noted brad so uh yeah, yeah that was great i mean the, the, miles is window a big part closed. of why you win window closed though uh miles is a big part of why you win <laughs> hopkins is a huge part of why you win guys like there's no there's no denying that he was a an integral part of things today so pretty cool yeah, D Hop is—he's freaking zoning right now, man. He is in the zone. He is stroking <laughs> it, dude. He's striping him from fifty. I mean, are you kidding me? He can't miss from fifty and beyond. He has been so valuable; uh, it's unbelievable. And I'll say it again, you know, good on the Browns uh, making the move off of uh, uh, York uh, Yorkie and getting on to somebody else and it just so happens that they got the uh hottest kicker in the land brought him in here 
and he's uh, firing on all cylinders. Does anybody else lean with kicks, like when you, when they're going one direction? Uh, hell so, yes, yeah, of course. Like, only only one of them. I think it was the fifty, the second fifty-four yarder there, right out of this. I think it was like early third quarter. Had to lean a little bit. Other, other than that, they were all they're yeah. all pretty good, man. Pretty 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 center cut. So he striped that about- 50, 58 yarder, longest of his career. Yeah, um, it would have been good for much longer than that. Good, and, and that was right into the window. So good thing the window was closed, right? That's right. Window? If the window would have been open, which is a very important part of the stadium features yes. in Indianapolis, it could have deterred the fifty-eight yarder going in. So shout uh, shout out to them for making sure that window was closed. Thanks, guys. I couldn't have been. I couldn't be the only person that was having like PTSD in this game of one of the last. I mean, I don't know when the last time we played or every time we played in Indianapolis, but Josh Gordon running open getting a pass from, I believe it was Brandon Whedon at the time, for a go-ahead touchdown just wide open down the field, and he ran into one of those damn bright spots and completely lost the football, and it clanked off his face. Uh, I was having PTSD from that this entire game. I hate that stadium. <laughs> I, yeah, it's interesting to have it opened up like that. I, I don't, I just don't love the sunshine spots. Like, I don't, I, I feel like that doesn't. Yeah, it's weird. It doesn't help players. I really don't feel like it, you know, at least outdoors, you know where the sun is all the time. And like with those weird open shut parts and the weird shaded parts of the field, like you would see the Texans would have those in their stadium when they'd have it open. And just, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not all too keen on that, but I think it's the same thing. Isn't their roof clear too? Isn't do even when it's closed, they have sunspots during the day, don't they in Indy? I don't, maybe, I may be wrong. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I think it's, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's when it's shut, okay. it's, when it's shut off from the sun. Uh, does Minneapolis open and close? Or, or Minnesota? Question. I have no idea. I don't either. The sides are I very cool classy. Stadium, yeah, very beautiful stadium. It's a cool it, stadium. One of those two should be the 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 prototype for the Browns. Yeah, and they need yeah. a prototype. But we're not getting into that tonight. All right, boys. I want to send it to you guys though because I brought up a couple positive. I think. Well, I think one other positive uh, that I want to bring up. In a game where Amari Cooper is not there, he Amari dropped a couple catchable passes, uh, and then in other times Amari was blanketed with two defenders, and they still tried to get him the ball. There were a couple times they tried to force him the ball. In a game where Amari Cooper was not your standard Amari Cooper uh, for PJ Walker, uh, you had a couple guys step up in the receiving game. Uh, I thought I thought this was one of the better usages of Elijah Moore. I know he didn't do anything crazy. But he wasn't just they weren't out there gadgeting Elijah Moore the whole play or the whole game and trying to, like, be real funky with him. He caught a nice screen pass that I that, that worked out for him. And then that beautiful throw from P.J. Walker that found Elijah Moore down the sideline. That was perfect. And David Ooh. Njoku, David Njoku, I think for the second game in a row, he, uh, Njoku had a huge game against the Niners that a lot of it got called back by penalties. But for the second game in a row, I think David Njoku looked pretty damn good. He wasn't able to hold on to that tight. Uh, the, the very end of the game wasn't so great for Najoku. The very the very end wasn't so great for him uh, as he had the ball swatted away from him on first down on that goal line possession. That was just a really he, good play by the defender, I think. It was. And then he let the ball um, clank off his face mask on the little pitch that would have been a touchdown. Uh, but that was also fired about 170 miles an hour on a uh, – <laughs> I mean, Walker fired that one at him. Come on, man. Have a little touch there, right? (laughs) Same with the pitch, too. Like, in that pitch, I know you guys were talking about that pitch, uh, which I don't think Ford looked like he was ready for, but that was also sent 
with no touch. <laughs> uh, he shot that one out there too a little bit. They've got to execute that better because that would have been a big play, I think. You know right? how hard it is to reverse pivot out and then flip it away from your body like that? Just catch the ball running back. Catch the ball, man. You know, yeah. I don't know. I I I, I, get, I, I think one. the one to Njoku almost broke his helmet. I'm I'm with you. <laughs> right. on that. that was a that was right. a piss missile. But right. on that ball, that you're missile. like like you're whipping out of there. You have to you have to show a flash fake and then flip it away from your body. Like the running back's got to catch that sucker. That's hard. I mean, that's a hard thing to finesse. Like it's because you're not even almost like yeah. It's very much just muscle memory. So you're running yeah. into the location of it, and as your as your energy is working, I. You got to catch that one. I the Njoku one is just, just oof, that was like it almost broke yeah. his visor. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, uh, it did. How did he not? I mean, he didn't even get a hand on it. He didn't even touch it. Which I mean, you could be talking Ford. about either one of them. Yeah, Ford just it just went through his he arm pocket. I think his eyes got up. It. I think he just yeah. like didn't time it up. Yeah, it's probably moving right. I would imagine though that they worked on that play this week. I would hope and he was involved in it at least one of the days in practice. Cause that's a script play that you put in for the game or a, a yeah. specific game plan type of play. I love the call. I think it's great, but like, it's yeah. kind of the same thing I talk about with the Njoku thing. Like you guys are NFL players. You got to execute yeah. some of this. Stuff, yes. Right? You gotta, you gotta figure it out. And it's like, people will be like, you can't do that. Okay. So we can't do sweet plays. Let's eliminate all perimeter runs. Can't do them. Right. Can't do those. Right. I mean, like, if you're taking yeah. what you want Kevin to be successful, but you want to take away all the things that he can do as a play caller, just because like, I don't know, man, the reason the fourth down run worked is because they didn't expect a fourth down run. They were not thinking that they were going to get, they were thinking play action, right? Like I think Kevin yeah. should have ran it earlier like, in the down and distance situation, but like, there's just a time, like you can't just always run duo down the middle of the field and expect it to work because you can't do, you, we can't do a toss. can't do a screenplay. You have to keep doing these things. You gotta, gotta create some advantages, right? They, they executed a flea flicker screen pass. I think they should be able to execute a toss. Or it was a nice flip. play too. It was a nice play. Like they got it. Nice Eventually it's okay to say the players just didn't do the job. Well, yeah, and that that was my next point because it every time a play fails, I just see people screaming about play calling, and I've seen them call in the comments here. Play call, oh, but Stefanski's play call. That if 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 Ford catches that pitch, he runs to Cleveland untouched, yeah, like nobody touches cool. him all the way to Cleveland. It was a good call. It was not executed, and that to me, I think some of the shortcomings in today's game fell a little bit more on execution than they did on play calling. I you know I think yes. Kevin gave. I think Kevin gave a pretty good example or a pretty good explanation as to why he called the game the way he did in the end, uh, the three pass plays and then the run. Um, and frankly, I think that was the most confident thing I heard out of anybody with the Browns was I didn't have a problem with that. He basically said, we're, we have confidence. We're going to, we have, we we're, we have confidence. We're going to run for a yard. So let's yeah. see, let's, you know, let's not put ourselves in a time bind and we'll run it on fourth down if we have to. And that's what we did. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was kind of uh, reminiscent well, of what Ohio State did to Notre Dame, you know, where yeah, it gets exactly. the fourth down, teams start to think, I'm always okay with a run in one of your first two downs. Um, well, you know, I think you could you could two-play call that, get up to the line, have two plays in the huddle, first down we're running, and if we don't score, yeah. here's the second play. Because you are out of timeouts, and there's about 40, just a hair under 40 seconds left. But, you know, I'm fine with a couple throws there. And then on fourth down, teams start to think, oh, play action is – probably what they're going to run here and you, you can kind of catch people on their toes it would have been a walk-in touchdown if DeForest Buckner was being driven out of the hole 
from the right side and came back and like somehow just got in the way of Hunt. It would have been a, like easy, easy call, yeah. but Buckner, it was really weird how he even got there to that play. But yeah, that was a good, I like, I like those fourth down runs when teams yeah. are thinking, oh, they might throw it here. You know, it's, it's, it's one time to throw it. So yeah, I was fine with that. His, uh, and somebody mentioned in the chat, his management of the end of the first half, Stefanski yeah. time management was, uh, we, we, yeah. Uh, very good. Excellent. It was very good. Muy very good. Um, Muy very good. <laughs> Kivian so was brilliant in the first half. I thought he was too. I thought he was. I thought he did a good job today. I thought they had a good plan in place. Um, I thought the little uh, you know backside screen off the run was good. I think they got called mm-hmm. initially for downfield. They wiped that off because I thought that was the right thing to do there because uh, they weren't the, down past the halo mark. But yeah, I thought it was good. I, I need to see that deep interception walker through because it looked like somebody. and Maybe it was coop on the left side somebody was open somebody was open and he Cooper just was open for a while to, he was back he in the middle of the field threw it straight up in the yeah. air yeah it wasn't a great ball but i, I feel like kind of like, that was like a open. hail mary yeah all right like a couple open. things i want to get to before we get out of here uh, uh and again uh the browns win today 39 38 four and two for only i think the fourth time since they came back in 1990 uh 1999 uh but I do want to go back. I don't want to talk about Deshaun Watson. We've we've beat that dead horse into the ground. I do want to talk about P.J. Walker a little bit, and I want to talk about the Cleveland Browns moving forward again with the unknown of Deshaun Watson. And maybe we talk about it more than they are because Kevin Stefanski sounded awfully confident when he said he is our starting quarterback when we go to mm-hmm. Seattle. With the unknown, though, and if you're going to play things that way, what is your guys' call for what the Browns should do at quarterback if, if Deshaun's thing is going to linger? Because... I think you're going to have some people that say, well, let's just, we're winning games. We're 2-0 and with P.J. Walker. We're winning games with P.J. Walker. Mm. But you see P.J. Walker's stats on the screen, uh, and he didn't do a ton to win this game, although in the end he had a nice little drive there at the end. Uh, so what do you do? Do you go out? Should the Browns go out and look for another quarterback because the uh, because of the unknown with Deshaun Watson? Brad, go ahead. I, I- uh, listen, I think that that's what I'm asking is for them to take a hard look at this objectively. So I think you have a week here, right, to get him ready, a full week to get him ready for Seattle. He should clear all his medical stuff, it sounds like, right? Uh, if they're saying he's healthy now, despite whatever Watson was saying about protocols, he's not in concussion protocol. Buddy, you're not in concussion protocol uh, you don't need to go through protocols, whatever. They're going to take pictures of his shoulder. I'm sure it'll be the same. Uh, but either way, he's the starter going into this week, right? Uh, it, you know, Kevin said that. So I think you have, what, one week? Let's see how he plays. Let's see how he does. Um, but you need to somehow try to, as best as you can, evaluate is he going to be a hundred percent at some point this year, or is this going to linger for the entire season? And if so, then maybe you do need to exp- at least, exp- I think you owe it to your team to at least explore what's out there via trade. Uh, if that's the problem, but I do think that's going to be a limited market and you're probably looking at banking on Watson. And, and so, um, you gotta hope that he figures it out. I just thought it was too early today. So I'm hoping that with a full week, we get a better Watson. The problem is going to be if this is this shoulder issue just continues to be an issue. 
which it might. The question is, what is he? If he's 100%, then he should play. Then he should play. He should work through the issues and play until you pull him because the performance isn't good enough. That's why we pull him, right? We can't. Yes. Somebody else gives us a better chance to win, right? Uh, if he's not right, he can't play. He cannot, um, like to me, he right. doesn't play the position in a way that's conducive for a guy with a shoulder injury. I don't want him playing if that's the case, because he can't change who he is. He couldn't do it for, for five minutes in this game. And this is who he is. So, so if he's not a hundred percent, let's not play him. There's no reason to be playing but, the guy. But the question isn't about again, Deshaun Watson is Deshaun Watson. The question is, should the Browns be exploring a move for another quarterback to back? If up he's not a hundred percent, then yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. If he's, if he's, if this is going to linger to the point where they say we can get Deshaun Watson to play at about 75, 80% all year, if we protect his shoulder, we keep him away from hits. That's the most wishful thinking in the world. This guy plays yes. in a way that's going to get him beat up. If the yes. shoulder's not right, then he, then you do, Mike. You do, you need to explore it because you, you need to. somebody that is a legitimate backup that can come in and play. I like PJ Walker's effort. I think he gives a shit. I think he cares. I think he wants to win. He ain't talented enough, brother. He's not. So, if that's the case, and they've if they've clearly moved on from DTR being a realistic option at this point, you do need to go get somebody that can play, right? So yes, that's the question. Comes down to how healthy the shoulder is, and again, there's a difference between being like I'm good and I'm being I can play through it. That's different because he doesn't play the game like like Tom Brady or like uh, Jared Goff. These guys who get rid of the ball, they're out. The ball is gone. Purdy's even like this. They're quick time to throw guys. He is not. He does not play the game that way. They're not wiring the offense to be that way. And like he's he's going to be exposed to this this repetitive thing that we just saw. And that's not fun for anybody. So uh, I am at this point of the belief that if he's not right, right, like right, right, mm -hmm. then they have to do something here. They have to do and they they're going to be forced to because PJ is going to go the waiver process. They're either yeah. signing him. Right. He's going to go. He has to clear waivers after the game because that's his third practice call up. So he's going to be exposed. We'll see if another team claims him. If not, the Browns have to sign him, or they go out and make a decision on somebody else that can come in and and uh, and fill the role behind him because they they are being held back by the quarterback position this year. Flat out, point blank, they have one of the worst EPA for drop back numbers in the entire NFL. If they get that figured out, they can win any game on the remaining schedule, no doubt about it. So figure it out. Yeah, it's brutal, and you know. I totally agree. That's what I'm asking for an honest accounting of this week is they need to at least be honest with themselves, like biding time and hoping he gets to a hundred percent. Isn't good enough. You need, you need in sooner rather than later to determine whether he's right or not like period. And, and if he's, if he's not playing well, is it a matter of time? Is it rust? Or is he just not going to be right because his shoulder's ding? To me, he doesn't look right because his shoulder. Uh, last, thing I want to talk about, last thing I want to talk about, and again, we, we hit on defense there a little bit. Uh, we, we talked about a lot of the positives defensively. Uh, and, and again, there were more that we didn't hit on, but I love that you brought up Jordan Elliott, Brad. I think he was great in this game. Uh, Grant Delpit made a couple plays. It was Two good tackles, to see. sack, tackle for loss for Elliott. Yeah, love it. Uh, lots of positives, but at the same time, this was the first time we saw the Browns defense get into a situation uh, like this. Uh, is this something, guys, that you feel like no matter who the defense is, no matter how good they is, you're going to get into situations like this? Like Jake, you said you're going to get schemed up or 
did the Colts present some some areas of valid concern looking at the Browns defense that other teams are going to look at the, what the Colts did today and say, well, shoot, they did that with Gardner Minshew and uh, and that group. Uh, we can follow that and, and have even more success. Are there some of those areas you think that happened or was this just one of those kind of games for the Browns? Well, Steichen's offense is similar to Philly in the sense they run a lot of RPOs and they do creative things not many teams in the league are doing. So they mm-hmm. present a trickier task for the Browns um, than, 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 they're, uh, than they're accustomed to. So I'm not, I wasn't surprised they struggled uh, a ton, right? Uh, more than I would like to see, obviously. The, the two coverage busts, you wipe those away. The Colts don't score multiple long drives, but... Um, you know, they, they have to obviously, you know, and again, the, the, the jump ball down the left sideline off of a false start or sorry, off an offside. There's a lot of elements here, but they didn't play well enough. I think, again, what the Colts do and Steichen's good at and teams will then try to steal from him when they play the Browns is created some conflicts for them uh, and did and did a pretty good job. Not every, like I said, not every team has a system, a scheme the way Indy does. So it's not to brush off this type of giving up 450 yards. There are problems baked into this we'll talk about in chalk talk tomorrow but i do think they just didn't i just didn't think the group played well collectively i didn't think they tackled well and um you know i think there's still a lot to improve i i, I what i think hope at least hope happens from here is they're humbled a little bit right they're living in and 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 again they got a lot of swagger and i like that about them they're a confident group but you know any nfl sunday you can be humbled and I, and i hope that that brings them back down a little bit to keep that hunger that that uh that has made them fun at the early part of the year. So, so we'll, again, we got to watch the film. We've got to break it down to see exactly what Indy did to them, but they uh, give Minshew some credit. He was pretty good. Got, got rid of the ball uh, anticipatorily on many, many different throws and did a nice job in, in open field. Apparently this guy is a maestro. So, you know, the, the thing that's funny is a lot of that stuff is what I thought Watson would be doing this year. You know, I mm-hmm. actually um, thought that that would be. So anyway, um, I do hope that they figure out some of that stuff and uh, work on it because it's it's going to be things teams try to try to copy. Brad, anything on that? Uh, Jake called this on our show last night about Minshew getting it out quick and what they were going to do to him, and that's exactly what they did, and they kind of diced him up. I wish our secondary tackled a little better. The tackling was a little soft on that one play. Uh, where Newsom and uh, Emerson kind of olayed the guy. Uh, MJ just shoved. Pittman yeah, just the end they go on and score that touchdown. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I think they'll be better. I think it always is good to get a, uh, a like Jake said, a, a reality check. And uh, um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I I'm not down on the defense by any stretch of the imagination. I think that probably more than anything, the Colts exposed some things and I'm glad that they did it in a game that they won so they can clean it up for whoever they get next. Right. I mean, every week in the NFL is a, is a chess match. And sometimes you're going to have teams that come in that have a better understanding of what you do. Right. Yeah, that's right. So anyways, the Cleveland Browns four and two, a win in Indianapolis, and and I I, I want to finish with uh, positive thoughts here because again there are things to be concerned about. There were some things that didn't go very well for the Browns today. In the end, though, in the end, the Cleveland Browns took a game where they didn't play great, uh, but they were opportunistic defensively. They made some big plays happen defensively. Miles Garrett made big big plays happen 
You played well special teams-wise. You went on the road, and you got to win. And that is uh, that is something that you have to always be positive about. And I, these kind of wins always throw me back. You, you, it doesn't matter whether you beat a team by one or by 50. It doesn't matter. It always throws me back to that Ohio State team that won a national title in 2002. That's a team that had to go to overtime with Illinois. That's a team that had to holy Buckeye Purdue. That's a team that had to, that had a tough game against Cincinnati, and that was before Cincinnati was even good. They, that Cincinnati kind of sucked back then. And still, Ohio State had problems with all those teams. They went on to win a national title. So getting the win is the most important thing, and the Browns went out and got a win today in the end uh, where they needed a drive, and, and that's the best part. I know the, I know the calls. Again, the calls at the Holy end. Crap. That that boys last that that pass interference. Like I I'm not mad it happened. I'm not mad it happened. I'm not well, mad well, it let's happened. Be, let's let's talk worst. about the calls real quick. All right. So the first one, <laughs> like I I blame the a little bit of the CBS coverage for not like they let the play go on like the game was basically over without alerting anyone that there was a flag at the three yard line on, on the yeah. Like, okay, yeah, you probably might want to say that, you know. And then if you look at it, he, I think he did, you know, it was illegal contact <laughs> on Cooper. Now, the, the P.I. call, it was P.I. He grabbed his arm and held him, but I'm surprised that they didn't call that uncatchable, especially in Indy. Now, we did a do a breakdown on the referee. Huh? That, was so, that was so bad. Listen, you, I'm saying this more as a celebratory thing. We um, never get this to go our way. Ever. Ever I didn't do we think get they this were that awful way. of calls. That, that call to not call that uncatchable is one of the worst. I mean, that's so <sighs> basic. That's <sighs> I, and listen, again, I'm celebrating it. I, I don't feel I don't feel I'm not sorry for this. I'm not sorry for it. I'm not mad about it. I don't care that it happened. The Browns won, and that call helped. I don't care, but like it was a really bad call. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the that the guy, whoever the uh, referee, the uh, guy cashing checks for CBS, the referee uh, that <laughs> you know comes in and comments, said that usually it has to be in the stands to be uncatchable. I was like, what? I've never heard that before. Like it, it what it did look appear to be uncatchable uh, by anyone. Uh, of of human uh mate of human abilities but uh <laughs> but, <laughs> but donovan was held yeah yeah there donovan was held by his arm pretty uh badly so i'll take it you know we've gotten beat on those calls many a days heck yeah so anyways the cleveland browns get the win they move to four and two uh boys i'll let you i'll swing it around one time before we get out of here it's 8 30 it's time to uh it's time to call it on this browns post game show on the game day rewind uh, Jake Burns, uh, just final thoughts, this game, what it means for the Browns season and, and how you feel about them moving forward. If that's even changed from when you, you say Burnsy. Yeah, I think you got to win some of these ugly games. They're going to have ugly games throughout the year. These are the types of games that they've lost in the past, these last two. So, you know, those two go in the right direction, then you feel pretty good about it. And <clears throat> these are the types of games you need to, to make the playoffs and have a chance late in the year to win the division. So, uh, you, you know, like, Obviously, we're going to come in here and talk about topics, some of which irk people. Um, you know, you have to you have to certainly understand that, you know, we try to view the team holistically. So at the same time, you know, if if you want to come in here and just rah, rah, Browns win. I'll leave it at that. Browns win. Great. Love it. There you go.
Uh, I will say this, Brad, before I let you get yours, I think Bert made a great point in the comments here. Not a bad performance. That's a good way to put this. Not bad. Uh, a win after a significant win. I think that's awesome. A win after a significant win. I think we were all a little bit afraid of a, of, of a fallback, of a trap game a little bit after beating the 49ers last week. They come out and get a win after a significant win. That's a great point by Bert, I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, you have to stack wins to get anywhere in the NFL, right? So whether it was ugly, pretty, no matter how they got there, I think it was significant that they did get this win regardless of how they got it because uh look at what the rest of the AFC North did you're at 4 and 2 that you still have moves that can be made right to um to somehow uh get to where you need to go this guy uh anyways uh Are you looking sorry. at the comments yeah hold on I wait was. a minute wait a minute it's cool you want to be uh, hold on hold on time out you want to be a troll in the comments? Come be a troll in the comments. Nobody gives. No, a it's crap it's cool. No, hey, Mark, Mark, Mark. He pissed off Nobody Jake. Gives, That's why Jake left. Gives a so crap about Mark yeah. Kingsley, he's a dope. He, Mark Kingsley's an idiot. It's fine. Come in here and make yourself feel good about life. It's fine. You're all good. Go Browns. Everybody loves the Browns. Uh, and if you want to come in here and and talk weird stuff, t- come talk. We're here to talk about the Browns and have a good time and talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. We're here to talk in a positive way but also in positive criticism. So if you want to come in here and and act like that, most of our people come in here and have a good time. We're not going to let you ruin it, Mark Kingsley, you loser. It's fine. Uh, So you know, you're good. I appreciate that. Uh, No, I was just going to say that, you know, my kind of um, season. I'm sorry, Brad. I'm sorry, Brad. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Keep your thought. Keep it right there. I've realized now that the Twitch people have no idea what's going on. Oh, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. That was on YouTube. No worries. Sorry, Twitch people. <laughs> no, no. He was he said some insulting stuff to uh Jake, and then uh I could tell Jake was upset and then he left and then uh and then so that's why I was kind of pissed. But anyways, yeah, no worries. Uh, um either way, <laughs> they are barbarians, right? No, it's we like love a totally... YouTubers. No, 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 no. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's like idiot. a. To- it's like the. Uh, you know, they're gonna have a battle. The Twitch and the YouTube uh, uh, battle those heathens over at YouTube. So out of control. All right, Brad, no, Brad, give us our final. I'm thoughts getting... and let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. Uh, you guys are all great. I love you all. Um, oh, yeah. This is the best. Look at 368 people. I appreciate every single one of you. You got you guys are awesome for being here with us. But anyways, this this win uh is is critical cuz you have to stack them. And I think that you know, no matter what the outcome with Watson today and moving forward, uh you are, should feel good that your team is four and two and in those at four and two you've played three games with a backup quarterback right and you have beat the best team in football and you've won two in a row so figuring these things out at four and two feels a hell of a lot better than in past years where we were two and four or three and three coming off a stupid loss that you feel like you should have won and trying to figure out the issues moving forward so on to Seattle. It'll be a good week of content. Keep it locked. 
Uh, I'll have uh, things I think I know out tomorrow where I will address my thoughts thoroughly on the Watson situation and other things, including the wide receivers who I think uh, are getting a bad rap. You know, uh, DPJ stepped up, big catch late today. Moore was better today. Njoku was good today for the most part. Uh, all those guys I thought played well. Uh, I don't think we need another wide receiver. I like our wide receiving core. Uh, and I think that if you account for a backup quarterback playing three games and two weather games out of your first six, uh, that accounts for a lot of the production numbers being down from your wide receivers. So I still feel good about that group. And a uh, good game from Moore today, definitely. So, and look at Bernie uh, Kozar hanging out with Taylor Swift. That's the last thing everybody wanted to talk about. Wow, look at Bernie Kozar. That was Kozar unbelievable. unbelievable. Taylor Swift with his tongue hanging out of his mouth. That was really I weird. I fell out cool. of my chair when I saw that. <laughs> fell out of my chair. Hey, listen, let's get out of here. The Cleveland Browns take down the Indianapolis Colts 39-38. Again, I'm going to go back to what our commenter said before because I loved it. A big win after, after a huge – like a, a win after a big win. And I think that's what they got. It's not easy to do that. It's not easy to control the emotions, but that's what the Cleveland Browns did. And in the end, after all the crap and after all the frustrations and all that stuff, in the end, the Cleveland Browns are 4-2, and two, and they move on this week out to Seattle uh, to take on the Seattle Seahawks, who had a pretty tough game with uh, Josh Dobbs and those Arizona Cardinals uh, today. So uh, be an interesting one next week in Seattle. Uh, until then, you know, we'll be back with you again. I got to give a shout out to the OBR. Make sure you're tuned into the OBR. We got five nights worth of coverage every single week. We have got Monday uh, and, and chalk talk with Jake. We've got Tuesday and that's you're hanging out with me all day on Tuesday. We got the doghouse at 7 PM. We got garage beers at 9 PM Wednesday. We got OBR weekly with Barry and Fred Thursday. We got all eyes on Cleveland with Brad Ward and again, next Sunday after that game, we will be talking Browns Seahawks to wrap things up. Thank you to everybody hey, that joined us. Oh, go ahead. Is is that game a four thirty game because it's out west? Yes. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it has to be four or four thirty. Okay, we'll see. It is four oh five. All right. So four oh five next week the Browns, which means we'll be going on like right after. We'll just go right after for the uh, for the post game. And so, uh, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. For Ian in the background, who did a great job of getting us on. For Jake Burns. Thanks, Ian. For Brad Ward. I am Michael Keefe. Uh, Browns win. Gotta love that. It's a good week in the dog pound. Go celebrate the win. Go have a good rest of your Sunday night. And we'll catch you again all week on the OBR Streaming Network. Cheers. Go Browns. Appreciate everybody. you guys. Appreciate you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.